Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, people? You know that cell. Welcome back. It is the Unfiltered Band, which means, yes, another episode of Unfiltered coming your way as we do this here on a Monday morning episode number 211 officially. You, of course, can jump on board the Unfiltered Revolution 24-7, 365. Get in on Twitter or X, if you will, at Casey Stern. Get up in the bio up at the top. Get onto the YouTube channel. Get all the interviews and conversations and rants. Oh, my. And, of course, equal opportunists that we are here at Unfiltered. Courtesy of the Believe Network can get us all Apple, Spotify, and everywhere where you get your better podcasts. And thank you to the Unfiltered Band. And thank you for being here with me. Welcome back to uh, Podcast Setup 3.0, episode number 211. Got a lot to get to. Want to get into game one of the ALCS. Look ahead to game two. Talk about game one of the NLCS. I'm going to hit some NFL. And I'm also going to get into throwback jerseys and share what throwback jersey I have sitting behind me to show based off of a a day yesterday, which for me in two different sports became about throwbacks. And I want to get into that because as much as we make everything new, and I'm not going to sit there and tell you that, you know, the games looked as good playing Super Tecmo Bowl in terms of graphically, and they did when you play in Madden right now on PS5 or PS4, which I have, or whatever you're the, the switch, whatever you're using. Not saying we want to go back to Atari, but as much as things change, sometimes going back to that old school is good. And maybe I'm saying that because I'm a day away from rounding up to 50 in age. So it's a little bit easier for me to handle. Uh, we, as always, are handling things here at Unfiltered, presented by our good friends at Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one source for your sports betting needs this season, latest odds, lines, matchup reports, baseball, basketball, boxing, golf, and much, much more. They continue to be the latest, fastest, and easiest way to get all your wagers. Live betting and favorite casino and card games, they're all available right from your phone. Head over to the website, use the mobile device today, sign up and get in on all this action, but remember to use the promo code BELIEVE, it's B-L-E-A-V, to get your 50% welcome bonus and your first deposit, it's bet online where the game starts. <coughs> and excuse me, because on the podcast, I have no cough button and I'm still battling a cold, so bear with me. A um, lot I want to hit, a lot I want to get to. Let's start here. <coughs> Jordan Montgomery is going to get paid, people. That dude going to get paid. Dude deserves to get paid. He's going to get a bag. Jordan Montgomery has been so dominant and so freaking good in the postseason in big spots. And I'm and really in big spots go back to when he went to the Cardinals. I mean, how about Yankee fans? You know, Brian Cashman didn't want anything to do with Bryce Harper. How's he doing? Let's go get Harrison Bader. And, you know, look, I liked Harrison Bader, and it worked for a while, and he had, you know, a couple of curtain calls, and it was what it was. But, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, they just basically threw away. Nobody understood it at the time. Montgomery's done has been, uh, I mean, brilliant. And yesterday in that game, his ability to work with that fastball, especially up in the zone, to then set up the breaking ball, and, you know, we're talking about classic stuff in terms of pitching, but not missing, not missing with that fastball that doesn't get up enough. And, and especially in that park, you know, that, that lineup gets a hold of it. You know, Dusty making a comment, even in the conversation that, you know, he had uh, had in between innings talking about, you know, waiting for that curveball to hang. It just didn't happen. And especially not the Jordan Alvarez where in those three at bats, I mean, that was just brilliant pitching. 
is brilliant pitching. The guy that seemingly you can't pitch to, they pitch to. And I think you got to give Jordan Montgomery a ton of credit. And this guy going to get paid. Now, what kind of a contract is he going to get? How many years is he going to get? Yeah, I don't know. That always comes down to people more than anything. Not about the word deserve, even in the marketplace with benchmarks that are set by other contracts. It comes down to how many teams are after him. And I assume they're going to be a bunch because when you can perform in the postseason, when you can elevate your performance under the bright lights, that's a big deal. I mean, look, first Rangers pitcher with, with what back-to-back six-plus uh, scoreless inning performances. But I'm sitting there watching this, and I'm not saying they pitched the same, even though the other was a lefty as well. But I remember covering the run that Cliff Lee had with this team and that franchise, and it it reminded me of that. I mean, just flat-out dominant for Montgomery. Huge. Let's talk about Evan Carter. We've seen a lot of like, you know, this guy's Roy Hobbs and that guy's the natural and this guy's the second coming. And sometimes they don't last very long because I lived through the Shane Spencer experience right in New York. Wasn't Kevin Moss supposed to be that too, right? In place of Dunningley someday. I mean, we lived through a lot of these that are going to be that guy and all of that, right? Greg Jeffries when he was a Met, although it didn't happen as a Met necessarily, it happened more so as a Philly. But what Evan Carter has done to step into this thing in September and to be as good as he's been and seemingly to me, look, talent is one thing and being a high, you know, highly touted prospect. And what is he? Number 10 in baseball, whatever it is like, you know, all of that, we've seen that before, but that mental fortitude and that, that ability to act as if you've been there, that ability to hang with it when, that EKG is off the charts where you just kind of can't breathe. And I think you saw it in his postgame. He didn't go back and, and watch it. Postgame conversation he had, I think it was with Kenny, with Ken Rosenthal after the game, where he's talking about how excited he is and how much fun he's having. And, you know, I could say this, you know, for me, and I, I think this is whether you're in this business and I talk to a lot of people, you know, all the time who have, you know, stage fright and public speaking and, you know, whatever it is, when you bright lights to you, and I'm not comparing that clearly if you have to give a speech in school, no offense. I'm not going to compare it at the assembly hall, you know, or in front of your classmates to to what we're dealing with at, at you know the millions and millions and so on, you know, level that we're talking about with Evan Carter here. But the the crux of it is the same. That everybody's nervous. Everybody's nervous in those spots. Because if you're not nervous, you don't care. And I mean that about anything. If you're not nervous tonight, people to go on a date, you don't care. If you're not nervous to go and have an interview, you don't want the job. If, if you're not nervous to, to be in whatever that big spot is, you just don't care. <clears throat> Otherwise, you're always going to be nervous. That's not the differentiator. The differentiator is, can you be excited and, and have that adrenaline to that positive and that excitement be more than you're nervous? And I think if you go back and watch that conversation you had with Kenny, it was really interesting it kind of answers a lot of your questions about how is he doing this, but makes a couple of great plays in the field, including obviously that great catch it clearly looks great at the plate. We know that. I mean, it's just, it, the guy's a star. He's a total star and watching that play in that eighth inning. I mean, cause let's say, and I, I tweeted this at the time or, you know, what do you say? Exit. I can't stand this. I said this at the time I posted it. Aroldis Chapman tried to give this game away. 
This is a problem. It's going to be a problem again in this series. Aroldis Chapman, that's a house of horrors for him in Houston. We all saw what happened when he was a Yankee. We know all about all the highlights with Altuve and so on and so forth. But that pitch he threw Bregman, he tried to give it up. He came in with the tying run on base, which obviously with spores there <coughs> and that walk, which wasn't ball four to Altuve, which is bad, <coughs> really bad. Should have been a strike. I don't care whose strike zone it is. And he's, you know, look, my height, but I, I get it, but whatever. But when he comes in with a tying run in that spot, Chapman tried to give it up. That's what gets lost in all of this because that, it, it just went, it happened to go to the right place in that park. And to be just in a deep enough spot rather than end up being gone in a number of different areas in that park or a triple at least. Chapman's a problem still. Tried to give it up. Can never find the strike zone when it matters most, and I don't trust that guy at all. And in a battle of in the postseason, who do you trust, Craig Kimbrell or Oldish Chapman? I might put Kimbrell on the mound first. I don't trust Chapman at all, and I think that's a problem later in the series again. That's what got lost there. He tried to give it up. I know he got the next out, but it's easier to settle down now that there's no runners on base, and you're up by two. That guy, speaking of nerves, is the opposite of that. Can't handle it at all. A complete mess. Silly putty. Forget it. Uh, Going to be exciting game two. I, I love the matchup. I love both of these pitchers. With Max looming, you know, I don't care how bad the Astros, this whole thing, you know, the Astros are really bad at home. They're great on the road. But this Texas environment, I'm not going to say it's the Philly environment, but when you take how long they've been starving and losing, <coughs> fairly new stadium, great environment, all of that, this is not a place you want to go and try and win often in a series. Steal one, get one on the road, sure. Have to win, you know, two games in a row there? No. Have to win three in a series? You don't want to be in that spot. Astros got to win this game. I don't care that the sub-500 at home this year. It doesn't matter. It matters about now. And the reason I don't care is because, look, I, I covered a series where they won four games on the road. No one won at home, and they beat the Nationals. So it is possible. But that's not a spot with this team, with a who-knows-what-you're-getting-out-of-Max-Scherzer-looming I don't want any part of that. Astros got to win this. They got the right guy in the mound in Framber Valdez. But Evaldi's no joke either. This is going to be a, a, a another, I think, tight game. And we're going to see whether or not in this one, it's the Astros who can make the big plays. Because the big plays in the, that were made defensively, the big swings in that game yesterday, all of those 50-50 those balls, if you will, but in baseball terms, all went to Texas. So congrats, Rangers, on game one. NLCS game one gets going tonight as I sit here on a Monday morning here in episode 211. Love this matchup. I mean, two Cy Young candidates during the course of the year. Love Zach Gallon. Love the story that he's got. You know, his dad's from Philly and he's been an, you know, an Eagles fan. And, and you know, obviously, you know, had, there's, there's a, a tie, you know, in his family and growing up to, to Philadelphia and to that city. He'll have a ton of family in attendance. That's going to be a lot of fun. And Wheeler is just a dude. Wheeler is... I mean, he he is just a stone-cold killer in terms of pitching, and I, I love watching him throw. His stuff is nasty. That game he threw in that Brave series, he didn't throw a no-hitter, but he had no-hit stuff. <coughs> he had no-hit stuff in that game, and he does that often. I mean, he he is he's uh, he comes with the unhittable all the time. And at the beginning of a long series, 
You got two guys who certainly not afraid to use their bullpens, more patchwork and less name value on the Arizona side. We know a little bit more in the guts and gusto and willing to kind of, you know, air it out with the bullpen and go have urgency to get wins and top with Rob Thompson. But I do believe that both of these, you know, managers are hoping it goes similar to what happened in the ALCS yesterday, which by the way, was what they kept showing the stat first time here in the postseason that both pitchers that are starters made it past the sixth inning, which is crazy because speaking of throwbacks, that's not the way we all grew up. Excited for NLCS game one. And I think for it's more important for Arizona than it is for Philadelphia to get off to a good start in this series. That's not normally the case because home field advantage, when you look at it, it is the job of the Philadelphia Phillies in this case to go win. And if you want to say win two games, and then obviously the road team, we all know how it goes, trying to kind of pick one off. But that environment has been so dominant and so difficult to deal with, especially for even teams like the Braves, right, for back-to-back -back years. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. And there's so much of a feel and a prevailing thought like I have that Arizona is a great story you should back, Pat, but that they're overmatched in terms of talent in this series. That if they were somehow able to keep the momentum and go steal a game one in this series, show that Philly can be vulnerable at home and that they're beatable. Show that Arizona <clears throat> is not like some little brother in this series. I think it changes the whole landscape of things. Does it mean if Philadelphia goes out and Wheeler shuts him out in game one, they can't make this a long series. It does not. But I actually think in this series, particularly game one for the road team, a huge, huge factor. Philadelphia keeps on keeping on at home and keeps on that invincibility. I, I just think it's bad news for everybody, which is why I said, I think they're going to beat whoever they face in the AL as well. I mean, that's where I'm going right now. We'll see. But I think for Arizona, clearly this would be huge. Should be fun to watch as we get ready for game <clears throat> game one coming up tonight. We got a double uh, double dip. A little bit on the NFL, and then uh, something you won't want to miss if you're just a baseball fan. I want to get into throwbacks for a second because I need your help, and I want you in the comments to tell me where I'm at with this or if I'm wrong. Uh, the only thing on the NFL, a couple of things. How do you not look at the Jets and think, I don't know what version of Aaron Rodgers they were going to get if it went past four plays. I don't know how great he was going to be. He wasn't great last year. He wasn't the Aaron Rodgers of old. But he also didn't have this defense. This Jets team, you know, gave it up pretty much in a game against the Pats. They should be four and two, not three and three. They should be, and I'm not a Jet fan, but they should be four and two. And if you think about where they would look like if Aaron Rodgers was on this team and the games they lost and how bad Zach Wilson, the offense, was in them, they very well could be 6-0. and all. So I just want to point out for all the people, and you go back to an earlier podcast I did here a couple of months ago, where I said people should leave. This is when Rodgers was healthy and we were sitting there in camp and all of that. <clears throat> I said people should leave Jet fans alone and prognosticators alone for sitting there and picking what they were picking with the Jets because the Jets never get to have anything good and Jet fans never get to enjoy any excitement about anything. And then we saw what happened four plays into the season with Rodgers. Mind you, as a Giant fan, I now understand having no enjoyment about anything because the team is terrible, and it should have been a pass interference on the play with Waller at the end of the game, and they should have won that decrepit game yesterday. How you sit there and you're Tyrod Taylor, I know I'm going off now, but if you watch at the end of that first half, I don't care that you could check out an audible into other plays. You can't check into a run 
with no timeouts at the one-yard line and seven seconds left in the half. Up 6 nothing in a game you got no business being in against Buffalo. In Buffalo, you got to be kidding me. You can't check into a run there. I got Russell Wilson who's throwing the ball when he should have checked into a run with Marshawn Lynch in the Super Bowl, clearly. This isn't one of those. I don't want to. You, you do what they, I'm sure they had a pass play called. And I didn't see Dayball's presser, but I would assume they had a pass play called. But I digress. The Jets thing, it's amazing to think about. They were definitely a Super Bowl contender with Rodgers. They may be a playoff team without him, but they definitely were a Super Bowl contender with him. That defense is nasty. All right, let me get into throwbacks and, and ask you this. So speaking of yesterday with football, I'm watching the Tampa Bay Bucks going out in those beautiful jerseys, those, those creamsicle orange jerseys, which are just fantastic, where I think of like old school, like Vinny Testaverde, like, I, I go back to, like, uh, what, Steve Walsh? I mean, I'm trying to think of the early days. Like, I mean, uh, Dave Craig, uh, Steve Young. I mean, you can go back to a million different guys. I don't know why I'm picking all quarterbacks. But I think back to the old-school Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And those jerseys are so great. And then I look at the Giant game yesterday, and they're wearing those road unis from the 80s with Giants instead of the NY on the helmet. And they're so great. And then I'm sitting there and I'm watching the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, if you haven't seen this, or the Ducks, but let's go call them Mighty Ducks. Their, their signature 30-year anniversary jerseys that they popped out last night for their home opener, I mean, get me Paul Correa and get me Charlie Conway. <coughs> They're beautiful. Why don't we have throwbacks all the time? Why are we... Always coming up with, and I get it, for sales, right? Where is the, all these leagues coming up with all these jerseys? I could have seven versions of this. The Diamondbacks are a great example. I mean, I don't even know how many uniforms. They got more uniforms than CSIs. And, and we got a lot of those. All right? But these throwbacks, they're always the best. I don't know what team you can think of where you're like, nah, those old ones, they're kind of shitty. Only the new ones are good. Like, nowhere. Give me old Pirates. Give me old Reds with the sleeve. Give me all that. Old Astros. Like, what team is the throwback? So, like, what are we learning here? Like, did we just get it wrong and we haven't evolved? And the more creative that we can get and better with technology, the worse our, our jerseys are getting? I'm curious. Are you with me that in almost, almost every single case, almost every case, if you would say right now, tomorrow, like, look at, at Phillies. Going back to the powder blues, right? Last week, all we talked about how beautiful they are. If every team in every sport right now went back into throwback jerseys, wouldn't they all look better? Let me know. Comments. Twitter, X, YouTube, however you want to get to me. Well, those are the only ways, actually. But I, it made me think of this when I saw the Mighty Ducks yesterday. And, you know, I, I still do have... It's so funny. I used to have a whole closet of jerseys. I had... And I kept them for years until about a year and a half ago, which is probably sad because I was 43 at the time. But I, I, I wouldn't wear them, but I kept them. And they, they all had meaning and they all had, you know, and then things happen, went through. Where I couldn't take a lot of stuff with me. And I think I have I probably had 50. Deposit and, and, you know, for some of you, I'm sure you're the, you know, getting, you know, razzed at home by people because you keep all these things. And I hoarded for a while. And then when I 
I moved and I didn't have any space and couldn't take with me and was in, in a little bit of a huff and a rush to do so. I, I, I literally, t- I have an Aruzioni jersey. I have, I got two Islander jerseys. I got one Giants jersey. And then the fifth is my favorite throwback I got. Gordon Bombay. I mean, come on, man. Are you kidding me? What's your favorite throwback jersey? Let me know. And am I wrong about that? We'll hit you up for episode 212 tomorrow. We'll see you then. Anything you got, bring it in the comments. It's good to be back with you. Trying to have some fun talking sports during my time. I got to get to work. We'll be back working together tomorrow morning doing this. And uh, enjoy your time between now and then. Enjoy the baseball today and tonight. Unfiltered, as always, is presented by our good friends at Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.